We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And we have two special guests. We wanted to bring on some Nets fans, some Nets listeners. Jason Hayward, Zach Murphy. What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, how you doing? It's like a United Nations here. We've got the <laughs> Australians and the United States. This is beautiful, beautiful. Countries coming together. That's what I love. We got to submit this to the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets. We're helping, you know, connect borders right now. But um, we wanted to bring on some fans. This is something we've been wanting to do for a while. We love you guys supporting us, listening to the show. And I think it's fair to give everybody a chance to give their takes. Before we get started, as always, quick reminder, like we announced in the last show, we are now part of Nets Republic, that partnership. You'll find our show on there. You also can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But guys, you know, we want to know how you became Nets fans. How did you start loving the Brooklyn Nets for the better or the worse? Um, I'll kick it off. So mine's a bit a bit of a strange story. Uh, as a kid, I was I didn't really know much about basketball, but I wanted to play for my school. Um, this was about 2012, 2011. Um, just around that time, we had just been to America on a holiday, and we'd been to New York City, and I fell in love with it. And then just as the Brooklyn Nets were starting – Everyone was like, well, do you have a basketball team? I didn't have one. And the up-and-coming Nets were a new thing. And couple that with the big-name trades that we made, which I wish we didn't. Um, <laughs> that's how. That's kind of how it started, I guess. And then I fell in love with um, ISO Joe, funnily enough, and then, found in, and then looked at all the Jason Kidd highlights and just stuck true ever since. What about you, Jason? Uh, man, if I go back to my childhood, I grew up. Uh, reading, I, I grew up and I, I loved the Golden State Warriors when I was growing up. Tim Hardaway was and always will be my favorite player. Nice. Uh, and man, you know, you could you could catch some games, but mostly reading box scores. And he was like, man, Golden State Warriors are great. And I would see them do well in the playoffs, what have you. 
but then when I when I like got to college and after college, my my family we're from Brooklyn, uh, but a lot of them are Knicks fans. I call them the X. Love That's that's up to you, but I call them the X. Uh, they I would go to a lot of games, and I remember my uncle took me to one game, and they played the Utah Jazz. They scored fifty nine points. Uh, must have been an hour after the game, just sitting there in disbelief, like, are you serious? And huh. I knew I could not support them because I saw how depressing my depressed my family was. <laughs> so I was I was of a dating age. Uh, I would go to Nets games in Jersey uh, at the Continental Airlines Arena. Tickets were tickets were cheap, man. You could get like a playoff ticket for ten dollars. And I was Ooh. like, man. I said, okay. And I. I like them, uh, and then one year the finals, and, I, and then Lakers. I was the big time. I was already a fan, and then I was like, I'm just gonna invest in in this team financially. And I was still living in Brooklyn, became a season ticket holder, and I wrote it out, man. From when they were in Jersey Continental Airlines Arena, Izod Center, when they went to Newark, and finally when they said when they said they were going to Brooklyn, I was I was like. That's five minutes from my house. Please do. And <laughs> nothing better than that, too, especially going from traveling from, like you were saying, the Eyes Out Center, Prudential Center, you know, just all those different spots. Being in Brooklyn, it just feels at home and so much better. Nick, it sounds Absolutely. like Jason should have my job. Do you want me to, like, just, you know, bug off for a little bit? <laughs> Jason become become the co-host? I, I, can't, I can't compete with that, mate. <laughs> Five minutes from the stadium, I'm going to be having to stay at your house a couple nights. <laughs> you, you can stay at my house, but but since becoming uh, a season ticket holder, I've gotten married with children, and my wife made me move to Long Island, so it, it ain't uh, the same anymore. I can watch the Long Island Nets. <laughs> but we do got some more questions for you guys. Honestly, always great to hear how people became Nets fans. I think that's important in the journey. And obviously, we've all endured some uh, negative things, but hopefully we got some positive things moving forward. But let's talk a little bit about the offseason. What was your favorite move they made this offseason? What really stuck out to you that you just loved it? It doesn't have to be for a rational reason. It could be because you love this player. But what did you really like from the offseason? Uh, me personally, I think the Ed Davis signing was brilliant. Yeah, we signed nice. him for 4.4 nice. mil, um, and he was on a $6.6 million deal with Portland, so we somehow got him for cheaper, <laughs> which is awesome. He proved that he is arguably one of the best backup centers in the league, um, and that was proven with his stats. And even with Damian Lillard and CJ and stuff expressing how um, emotional they got when he got traded, it just speaks volumes to him as a veteran. Uh, I think that's a huge thing for especially our up-and-coming star, Jarrett Allen. I think that um, Ed Davis can help out with Jarrett Allen getting him a bit um, stronger on the glass, bulking yeah. up a little bit. Um, and plus, it fills a hole in our rebounding, which we were yes. only average at offensive rebounds with about nine and a half last year. And not to mention, we got killed by interior bigs time in yes. and time out. Um, yeah, not to mention Dwight Howard, that 32 yeah. and 30 game. <laughs> Don't mention um, it. I've heard that way yeah, too much over the last month. <laughs> that game I remember watching, um, no one taller than 6'8 played against him. Like, that's yeah. just, I understand the small ball revolution, but 
Come on. <laughs> we could have had Dwight. Uh, luckily, we didn't. But um, Jason, you got something similar? You got something different? Yeah, I have something way different. Go. Uh, man, my, my favorite offseason move was trading Jeremy Lin, man. Ooh, interesting. Not a fan of the Jeremy Lin stance. Or maybe, you know? yeah, I was going to say, yeah, man. I, the, 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 I mean, it's, it's on and off the court because yeah. Yeah. on the court, he was never on the court. You know, it, it, <laughs> seemed, sure. it seemed like a good financial signing when, when he did it, but his fans off the court, they make it seem like this guy is a Hall of Famer. And, and sanity, they're, baby. Right. They're so <laughs> void of reality and, and what he really is. I mean, it's it's like if if you have anything to say anything to say about Jeremy Lin that isn't making him out to be the greatest ever, it's like you're against him and the Nets. Yeah. I, I mean it, it, it at a certain point, that stuff, that type of stuff when they talk about and that and that's why I listen to Sean Marks and, and, and uh Coach Atkinson always talk about culture. That stuff gets in the way of the culture. That's fair. When you have someone okay. who is so distracting and they're not producing on the court. Like LeBron is distracting, but he produces on the court. So you can understand the distractions that, that are going to come with it. Yeah. Yeah. Lemon, yeah. Not so Lemon. much. It does, it does leave my Nets jersey T null and void. Another one. Lopez, Jeremy Lin. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna buy, to buy a, to buy a D'Angelo Russell jersey. I'm for not buying a D'Lo one. I might have to buy like a Kenneth Farid or a Jared <laughs> or a Teo one. Maybe even a Mitch Creek if they have them. Um, but oh yeah, where Nick and I, for those obviously that are listening, they know that we're cursed. But uh, Nick, hit him with the next question because this is fun. Next question. So on the negative note, which move did you not like from the offseason? Which one were you like, ah, oh, Sean Marks? You know, why'd you do that? You know, it could be nothing though. Gosh, that's that's pretty hard. He's done a stellar job so far. I think that my only criticism, uh, and they're only little, would be I think we could have gotten rid of Dwight Howard for less. Mm. I think he could have um, lessened his buyout money, which would have freed up some cap space to help us just f- take on another another asset, yeah. uh, another sorry, another vet, and get a, another pick back or something. Yeah. I think that's the only probably criticism I have and maybe um, I know some people are not high on our second um, second round pick this year but I'm, I'm happy with the two euros that so that's that's pretty much it I think Dwight Howard could have been a little bit more generous in his buyout but that's Dwight Howard Sean Marks generous oh, come on <laughs> hey he said, he, he said he wanted to play for Brooklyn however many years ago I know right. I, I remember I remember I think it was on the buzz where we were talking about it I, I remember reading like a tweet where someone saw him and he was actually at like a Shake Shack near like Flatbush and Atlantic and he was like laughing when he saw the news and then you know 10 minutes later we we get rid of his bum ass <laughs> <laughs> I think the one thing that hurt Sean Marks in that, I think Dwight was willing to actually play for the Nets. Yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. was willing to just suit up and be like, you know, if I'll play with you guys. I mean, I think it would have caused the Nets more problems in the locker room because he probably would have been upset if they started Jared Allen or he wasn't getting enough minutes and we know he doesn't really like the set picks. But, Jason, what move did you not really like or was there anything that stuck out? Uh, man. I, and I, I generally love everything. Well, not everything, but I generally love the moves and the and the quietness uh, of of Sean Marks. I, I think what what's stuck out for me, and this is not going to be popular because my sons, man, they love this guy. 
I and and we'll I'm sure we're gonna come back to this later. Uh, I really want them to trade Rondé, man. Mm. And, and the guy, the guy getting hurt, and go figure in Jeremy's <laughs> charity game. Huh. I mean, <laughs> man, it's 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 come to, and that goes back to what what Zach said about us getting killed on the boards last year in the Ed Davis signing. I understand you want Rondé to be a small ball four. He doesn't rebound the ball or defend the position well enough. And so if we're coming on to a time where next summer we may have to pay this guy, that may go down as being one of those uh, Travis Outlaw type deals Mm, where you end up giving a guy money that you really can't justify when they get into the contract. And so I would I would have liked to have seen us flip Rondé for something of value because the because the guy is the is an excellent player, but I don't think he's gonna he's the player that he's gonna get money for. Still could get flipped. Jimmy Butler's out there, and oh, I, I I like I definitely I definitely agree with the the contract status of, of Rondé. I think it's one of the more intriguing things. We know D'Lo's been getting all the the sort of media attention, but I think Rondé's low-key under the radar, a really interesting storyline. I think in terms of defensively, he might have sort of stopped a little bit because we've seen the offensive growth as like a shooter, not a perimeter shooter, but like, you know, as a mid-range shooter. But I think he works best, not necessarily as a one-on-one defender, but as like a help defender, as a team yes. defender. Um, and Karis LeVert yeah. does as well. I think a lot of our guys, we don't have that one-on-one defense. And I mean, Jimmy Butler might, if he does land with us, you know, so be it. And if Rondé's in that deal, so be it. But Rondé, I, I mentioned this on the buzz that Nick and I just recorded. He also did just say in the Instagram comments of, of Jimmy Butler, he's like, come on home to Jimmy. Um, so, uh, yeah, Rondé's definitely a, a low-key guy that I love. And one of the, actually, probably one of my first pieces that I wrote I about. I love him too for the Nets on OTG basketball. And, you know, one of the sort of my prouder pieces because it's sort of what I developed a little bit. But his status is just fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah, he's such a really intriguing player. player. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Zach. I was saying he's such an intriguing player. It's really hard to kind of gauge what he would get on an open market and what his yeah. kind of trade value is. Um, and I think uh, throwing with that Jimmy Butler trade, I was thinking, oh, we'll, we'll get back to it. But... Um, he would be a nice little fit there. I think he's kind of reached his ceiling almost. I think he's a high floor, low ceiling player. Um, the only way I see him improving any more so is if he does develop that three-point shot, which he has been working on. But so far, it's been pretty atrocious. But to see his growth from a guy that was purely a defensive-minded player getting drafted to, okay, now you're hitting baseline fadeaways pretty often. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's still intriguing to me, but as everyone has mentioned so far, I don't know whether we are going to be the ones to have to pay him, especially when we're looking at bigger targets this free agency. Yeah. Can I, I can I jump back? Can I jump back yeah. now on Rondé? Yes. Yeah, man. Because I, I do love the guy. My thing is, in, in, one, in his contract status intrigues me also. I think back to him talking about advice he got from Kobe, so I always yell at him at the games. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get to the elbow, because that's what Kobe told him: get to the elbow. Uh, the NBA is not the elbow thing. It, the NBA is not really an elbow game right now. Not anymore. Yeah. It, and and that's that's the thing when we when we talk about what kind of contract is he gonna get? Every team is gonna have money next summer because the the salary cap is going up. They've already announced that. So we, we met a 2016 thing where, and I'm not, 
no disrespect to him, but if you compare it to to what uh, I don't know why I just drew a blank. We just traded the guy for Dwight Howard. What he got from Mozgov. the Lakers? Mozgov. Mozgov. Yeah. You, you look get? at the the, tra- the contract he got, or the contract that Luol Deng got, and I'm not saying that Rondé is worse than those guys, but I think he's better than them. There were so many teams that had money; they were giving money out to guys, and so. Yeah. We'll be looking at somebody giving Rondé a contract, and we'll have to say, do we really want to match that? Because everybody's yeah. going to have money. Yeah, I think true. that's very fair. I mean, I think you look to get value, and it kind of makes your life a little easier going into the offseason. You don't have to worry about losing an asset for nothing. You know, if somebody offers Rondé a big deal and you don't want to match it, that's fine. Now you traded him, and you get something back, and you kind of just get rid of that horse, and you develop him enough. Like you guys said, I think the most intriguing thing about Rondé is a three-point shot. If he were to develop a three-point shot, it would change, you know, his entire career most likely. And, you know, there's still other things he can polish, but I think that three-point shot is the deciding factor on where Rondé ends up as a player. Agreed. Absolutely. But moving on from there, we have – we're going to look a little bit forward to next season. Who is your breakout player next year? Um, so, besides the obvious D-Lo, I'm going to try to – Going away from that because that seems to be the go-to. Um, I really hope that our breakout player is Jarrett Allen this season. I think he's shown awesome potential and growth throughout this whole season so far. And as a starter, he's averaging about 10.5 points, 6.5 boards, and almost two blocks, which is incredible for someone who's just turned 20. Um, he shoots pretty well percentage-wise, 62%, which is awesome for a center. You want an efficient center. And um, he's shown huge um, – he's gotten praise from everybody, such as um, Kenny especially, saying that he's soaking in everything from the veterans and from the coaches. And that's shown because he's gone from just a pure dunker and just wanted to dunk on everybody to now he's showing a little bit more polish around the rim, hitting little hooks, little floaters. Um, and I think that he's – he can just only go upwards from there. Yeah. Definitely one of the most exciting pieces on the Nets. And, like, you've even seen the development for Jared, not only, you know, early in the offseason, but you saw it throughout the entire season and just the development of his game going from being that bench piece coming in to then being a starter and having a big impact on the game. Jason, who's your breakout player for next year? You know, I wanted to say Jared Allen also, but I, I'm not going to beat that drum. And I, agree with, <laughs> I agree with everything you said. Uh, man, I, I think the world of that, of that young kid. I think, if if not Jared Allen, and if we keep him, I think Kairos LeVert, man. My guy. I, I think CLV because when they do when they do the per forty and you uh, when they do those is it per forty forty per thirty six yeah per thirty six how similar his numbers is to Andrew Wiggins. He he he's a def- he's a guy who can play defense. Yeah. He's a guy who's who's really at this point. I think I think his first few years. One of the things that's that stuck out with me about him is a lot of this stuff has been mental with him because he had so many injuries in college. He's gotten over a lot of those injuries, so he's really just consistently playing basketball now. And I think in in some of the action that he had last year as a point forward. This guy can actually give us something because we're not asking him to be the guy. I think, and and man, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think 
the guy has an opportunity, depending on if there's a trade or not, but the guy has an opportunity if, if Coach Atkinson is being fair with everything, he should have a legit opportunity to start at three. Yeah, fool. Because hey. I, I think I think he, he gives us a little bit more than Damari does coming into re- another year. I think the reason Kenny likes having Damari on the floor is to have that veteran presence. We saw that um, even when he started Randy Foy, um, whenever that was years ago. The year before, think, yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the major draws of starting Carroll because then on, on the bench you've got, what, you'd have Carroll, Davis, Fareed, Shabazz, all our vets are on the bench. Dudley, even if you want to throw him in there. And I think it, I think it is important to have that one veteran to start on the floor, kind of slow things down if things get a little irrational or turnover prone or whatever. But, but I definitely but, do think he would fit better purely just as it is without any veteran presence. I think Karras would be an awesome fit as that three. I, but that's that's where that's where we disagree because. I don't think if, if all things are equal and we talk about rebounding, unless Jared Allen makes a major leap and is out there grabbing double-digit boards, even though I think he's capable of, I don't think Rondé should be starting at four. I think Kenneth Fareed should be. So it's, it's funny. In 2K, he does. I've been like playing with the Nets, and Kenneth Fareed mm. starts. So, obviously, <laughs> the ratings on 2K might know something that we don't. Um, he's a we... rebounding machine. Yeah, offensive rebounding-wise, I've been putting stuff out. Like, him and Davis are just, like, notorious top five, top ten in offensive rebounding. And even last season, where, like, Kenneth Freud played, like, 30 games. He's just an absolute monster out there. Depends on, you know, with the spacing. Obviously, Rondé doesn't give you much. So, do you want to give that up in terms of sort of flexibility as a defender and and in terms of transition offense and ability to handle the ball a little bit? Um, I think there'll be some, it'll be interesting lineups going into next season and, you know, throughout the season in terms of how we mix and match against certain lineups. I, I'm hoping uh, Karis breaks out. That's my guy. If you guys didn't know, that's my favorite player on the Nets right there. And <laughs> I mean, I agree with what you said. I think one thing that really, uh, you know, went struck home was the fact that he hasn't played a ton of basketball and just being out there is allowing him to be more confident, feel confident in that foot. And he just, I think, there was an interview recently with him at Fashion Week in New York stating how he feels he's going to have a big breakout year. He's put a lot more work in this season, not only actual training, but the way he treats his body, sleeping, eating, and whatnot. I think Karras is due for a big year. And I'm not even that concerned about starting because I'm just concerned about him getting starter minutes. You know, if he's not in the starting lineup, whatever. But I love the versatility he brings offensively, defensively. I think there's plenty of room for improvement. And I think he can be a nice compliment to all the guys. And he's just a really nice fit for the new NBA, the way he plays basketball. Yes. I agree entirely. And especially with Coach Atkinson, it's not necessarily about who starts, but who finishes. We've seen that time in and time again. Um, Dilo has an off night. He's he'll happily pull him off for Spencer or whatever. So we've got so many, we're so deep this year. We've, we've probably got 10 or 11 playable guys that it's, everyone gets minutes. Everybody eats on this team. And that's, that can, it's a good problem to have. Right. So as you said, it's not, it's, I'm not worried about if he get if he gets that starting role, as you said, starting minutes is what matters. Yeah, and that's a nice thing about the Nets, and we're not really going to touch on that today, but the fact is they're going to the season with a lot more playable NBA players that have solid careers and respectable players across the league instead of having some of the G League guys or fringe NBA players that are still trying to get in the groove of being an NBA player. But next right. question for you guys, who's going to be the Nets MVP next season? I think this one's where we talk about D'Lo, for sure. He's, he's obviously got the highest potential 
as we saw before he got injured, he was averaging almost 21.6 assists and five boards. Like, that's fringe all-star level. Like, I, I really see a bright future for him if he manages to stay healthy, knock on wood. Um, he can run the team. He's been so crafty. I just think we need to find a combination of guys that work for him because we've tried him alongside Spencer and that didn't really go as planned. Um, so I think that's definitely having um, Crab. He works quite well with Crab, getting him open looks and obviously pick and roll with Jarrett Allen and maybe lobs to Kenneth Fareed now. Um, I think also with his clutch factor is a huge thing. He's hit multiple clutch shots in his career. And even in Brooklyn with his limited time here so far, I know he's done shots against Portland and Orlando. And especially the fact he can get streaky. He's not a, he, it can be a, a knock on him. He's not consistent. But to have moments like against that Raptors game where he, in the first quarter, hit like seven threes or something ridiculous. Like, I don't know about you guys, but... That got me so excited for him as a player. <laughs> for sure. I mean, D'Angelo, I think in the inconsistency comes with being young. So I think that's what makes him so exciting is the flashes there. We saw the early stint. I mean, D'Angelo, I think, is a favorite for most people for MVP and even a breakout player. But, Jason, who you got? Uh, let me let me disagree with Zach, man. I <laughs> And I, I love Russell. I love everybody who's on the team. Uh, they on my team. I'm going to love them. That guy doesn't play enough defense for me, man. I, I think who the, who our MVP is going to be, and I think he showed his capability towards the end of the season, Alan Crabb, man. Ooh. This guy, like if, if he's used the way he was used and he's playing the way he was playing at the end of the season, that guy should have over 300 three-pointers this year. That's, that's for a game. He's already broken he's the trapped. record, yeah. So he's yep. yeah, but he broke the record with with the low two hundred. Yeah, that guy should have over three hundred three pointers this year. He he gets rebounds. He he keeps his hands up on defense, and that guy that guy is coming to his into his own. I'm going. Let me let me give y'all an aside, man. One of my sons, he's four now. He told me Alan Crabb was his favorite player. Right, no problem. I got him a custom Alan Crabb uh, jersey, man. The, the the people who make the Nets jerseys, I found them out in Queens. I bought a couple uh, custom jerseys from off. And I took it to them, and they they customized it for me. So I got him a customized Allen Crab jersey that, that people nice. have seen my son at the game wearing. And he's got four Allen Crab bobbleheads on his dresser, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's invested. That's, that, Right, that's no coincidence with my answer, but I think from what what we saw from from Crab at the end of the season, this guy he can move without the ball. Sometimes he'll pump fake and get a layup. I think we're we're seeing a, we're seeing why Sean Marks gave him the contract initially, and I think I that, that he man that guy. I really think he's gonna listen. I hope D'Angelo's our, our MVP. I hope Alan. I hope everybody's our MVP, but I think he really has a chance to put up at least 300 three-pointers this year and really, and really break people. out like he showed at the end of the season. Just to quickly jump in, one more. I really do like that Alan Crabb, and I really, really hope he starts to average maybe 16 points. I think he's capable of that. Definitely. At least 20. <laughs> at least 20. We're going that far. We're, we're committed. 
Bang. Um, but I think one thing that people often overlook is Alan Crabbe was drafted for his defensive capabilities, his long wingspan, his quick footwork. Um, and as you said, we don't necessarily have good one-on-one defenders. I think he showed, especially tail end of the season, even the game against the Bulls towards at the very end, like he can get he can get hot and. Who's going to say no to a player that can get hot and play D? Yeah, yeah right. it's what I you want everything to play. Last year. It did. It did. It's especially from the season before, I know a lot of talk from him coming from Portland was like, oh, Crab's defense is terrible. That whole team played no defense. And then he came here. You know, there were some instances where it wasn't great, but I think by the middle of the season, he was definitely impressing us. And the fact, you know, his three-point shot wasn't always knocking down, but he was able to impact the game with his defense. I thought that was important. He's so Crab- – Sorry, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I'm just he's just so crucial to what Coach Kenny is trying to do with our mm-hmm. offensive system. He is right. the crux of it. Yes, you need the floor general, but you know, I guess if you're gonna put a knock on, you know, D'Angelo Russell, it's those turnovers. And you know, you can put in a, a Spencer Dimley or a Carol Silverta as a sort of floor general. But it's it's Alan Crabb that makes everything sing. And then, you know, maybe to a lesser extent my boy Joe, but sorry for himself. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'll help you out. I'll get so, up a little bit for you. I was going to say, Joe Harris is right there too, man. Yeah. Uh, sorry for interrupting though, Nick. Um, yeah, no, but Jax is pretty spot on. Exactly. And it's so important for the offense. I think for Crabb, one thing you want to look for is just kind of work on some of the smaller things, maybe develop that floater, that inside game a little bit better, just so people can't play him as tightly at that three-point line. But like he's shown, he can hit those contested threes. But on to the next portion. Do you guys think the Nets will make the playoffs next season? We're not talking one seed. We're talking eight seed, just squeezing in seven seed. What are your thoughts on the Nets' playoffs chances for next year? I really hope we get into the playoffs next year. I think it would be an awesome testament to um, our culture and everything. But realistically, I think we'll just miss out. I'm I'm pinning them at 36 wins. Um, another eight-game improvement from last year, about the 10th seed. But I think if everything, if everyone stays healthy, knock on wood, then it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. What do you got, Jason? I I don't have a win total. I think I I do think they're gonna make the playoffs, man. One That's thing, what I want to hear. I I listen, man. You go back to, and this is why I don't I don't take a lot of these predictions uh, that like pundits give too uh, serious. And I like to I like to form my own conclusions. Like even when I watch basketball on TV or sports on TV in general, I watch it on mute, man. So I don't have people thinking for me. I, sure. I like to think with what I see. And here's why. I'm going I'm going to give you a classic example of, of a team who nobody had pegged for anything last year. Definitely not playoffs. The Indiana Pacers. Yep. They they ended up the five seed. Everybody said they got fleeced in the in the Paul George trade and why would they get Victor Oladipo, and he's bounced around from so many things, so nobody looked for them. There's always one or two teams in the East that surprises people and is and is able to, to do what's necessary and stack up wins and get in there. And I, I think the Nets are going to be one of those teams this year. I, I think the depth depth in the, M, in the NBA sometimes wins you at least five games. Because you have you have those you may catch a team on a back to back, and like we beat OKC last year, and then we beat Minnesota last year, and we had we had not good team not not a good team when we beat them, but you can you can catch teams on off nights, and I think our depth 
is going to help. Three-point shooting and continuity is going to help also because Crab is there shooting, because Joe Harris, Joey Buckets is there shooting. I think we're going to surprise teams and, and take that step from teams, uh, coaches always saying they're a team that plays hard to we're a team that plays hard and gets more wins and enough wins to get in the playoffs because there's, there's, there are a lot of bad teams in the East. Yeah, and I, yeah. And I think we should feed off of them and, and get – and I think we should – I'm not even going to say the eighth seed, man. I'll, I would not be surprised, and maybe this is overly optimistic on my, on my part, I would not be surprised if we got the, the seven or the six seed. Nice. I hope so. I wouldn't be upset about it. So no complaints from me over here. Yeah. I think one thing that will definitely help the Nets too this season is all the late game losses, all the clutch situations yeah. where they weren't able to capitalize last year. This year they'll have more experience. They'll have more depth. So they'll be better rested as well. And having more veterans around should definitely help with that. Yeah, but like 12 or 13 deep, it's ridiculous the amount of depth that we have. And you, you look at Toronto and their sort of bench and how it helped them throughout the regular season. And, you know, they were the number one seed. Indiana, like you mentioned there, Jason, their depth, you know, I think we're going to need, you know, jumps from, you know, our young guys to sort of make that next step, like the guys we talked about, Karis, D'Lo, Jared Allen. But uh, it's certainly not out of the realms of possibility, you know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little more of a... It's odd how like Zach and I have have similar thoughts, just and it's not just because we're from Australia. You know, we're not one-minded, single-minded people down under. Um, but I, I I think it's it's sort of that tall poppy syndrome. We want to we don't want we want to sort of have low expectations and then be surprised, so then we can savor it a little bit more. We don't want to get disappointed. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm buying in, um, but I'm also buying in with some trepidation. Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee. Absolutely. I think yeah. there's a good situation. There's a lot of positives to look forward to. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some changes on the court with more depth, playing a little bit more intense D, and, you know, maybe a little bit more running in transition, having fresh bodies. Yeah. But right. Talking, obviously, you know, all the hype over the last 24 hours has been Jimmy Butler. Now, I'll ask you two questions on Butler. One, do you want the Nets to trade for Jimmy Butler? Uh, only for the right deal. And I think I think that um, a deal consisting of like Rondé throwing Damari and the Denver pick, I think that's about what I'd offer them. If they ask for anything more, I know they were interested in Karras um, last season. If they had thrown anything like that, I'm going to hang up because we don't know that he's going to stick around definitely. We don't know that he's going to lure Kyrie in. I think that he is eligible for like some ridiculous contract, like 190 million. Yeah, five years, 190 mil. Yeah, like I, I am scared to commit to something of that um, velocity, and especially that he's 29. You go 29 is fine, but he's an old 29. He's played so many minutes because that damn coach Tom Thibodeau just runs him into the yeah, ground. Uh -huh. He he's averaged, I think, top five in minutes the past seven or eight seasons. Like. He's exhausted, man, and, the, and he didn't even play 75 games last season. I'd, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy if we get him for a good deal, but I'm also happy if, say, the Clippers pick him up and stick to him and lock themselves in. What do you think, Jason? You want to make the move for Butler? What was you said? You said that was the first part of the question. Is there a second part of the question? Yeah, the second part I'll ask afterwards. <laughs> okay. Uh, absolutely. Please trade for him. What would be and your best package? 
Uh, let, let me let me tell you why, though, because and this is what I don't get about about the Nets fans who say, no, don't trade for him. You can't trade for him. You look at the because and, and they always use the Boston example. Billy King's not here anymore. Uh, yep. and, and, you know, you can use other examples. Listen, this is the classic example of the person who may have been a, a star high school athlete. Right. And then. In college, they gained a bunch of weight, and then now they, they've lost a little bit of weight, and now females are interested in, in them again, and they and they tell Beyonce, you know what? No, I'm not going to date you. I'm, I'm going to wait till, till a better <laughs> bitch comes along next year. What? No, 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 you don't do that. If, if you have a hot chick who says that she's interested in you, you don't say, no, I'm not interested in you also. No, yes, you are. You are interested because <laughs> you've got to get who you can get and then lure others. And if you can get Jimmy Butler, let me tell you something. And I do agree that, that Tom Thibodeau has, has ran him, but he is not a guy who's a high flyer. So I think his game is going to age better than someone who, for example, like a Dominique Wilkins. When you can't jump anymore, what else are you going to do? So, so I think his game is going to age well because he's not, he's not relying on his athleticism like other guys will. Now, will it justify a, ma a, a max contract? No, but I don't think that they have to give him a max contract if he's serious about playing with potentially two other max players. I think, I think that, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not touching anybody's money, but I think that he would take a few dollars off the top because I think I think a lot of NBA players at the top level get money under the table anyway. So I don't think he would say, "No, you have to give me the the major max." When Kevin Durant just took less money, if you if you look back at at Miami Heat, a lot of people don't remember Chris Bosh was making the most money on that team. Yeah, not LeBron, not Wade, and they were doing it so that we could fit in with each other and be able to win championships. What deal would I put together? I don't, I don't mind that deal of, of, and I've heard and read a lot about Damari and uh, Rondé and Denver's number one pick. I wouldn't mind that. I also think that I would add something to that. I would add one or two of our Euro stash guys, Juan Pablo Value. Maybe they'll take him. Uh, Venzenkov, maybe they'll take him. And they have, you know, all of these teams have international scouting departments. So I think you, you formulate it around who's going to be the centerpiece of it. Rondé has to be included. But mm -hmm. from, the, from the conversation we had earlier, I don't think he's a, he's a guy you, that you need to pay because he was known for his defense as a small forward. He's not known for his defense against these stretch fours. He can't stop any of them. No disrespect, but he can't stop any of them. We saw that last year. Maybe he will this year, but I think Rondé has to be the centerpiece along with one of, the, one of our number one picks. And then who do you throw in to make the money match? Do you throw in Damari to make it match? Sure. Now, as much as I said I expect Alan Crabb to be our MVP, you know why I would include Alan Crabb in the trade instead of Damari? Because if you include that is correct, you include him, <laughs> you can get three max guys. Yeah. Now you not you wouldn't be able to pay them all max money 
But guys would talk and say, okay, look, I'm going to take this much. I'm going to take this much. I'm going to take this much. And now you got three guys playing with each other rather than two. So I think either Damari or Crab, Rondé is the centerpiece. Uh, one of the number one pick, whether it be Denver's pick, or if they if if they're him and hauling hauling over Denver's pick or our pick, okay, give them our pick. Yeah, the, you know because if, if we're saying that Jimmy Butler makes us a playoff team, okay, it's, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be somewhere around where Denver's pick is anyway. Exactly. Give or take a pick or two, and throw in one of those Euro stash guys. Uh, in in terms of including CLV. I would not hang up in including CLV if they're going to give us Justin Patton in return. Yeah, some some back. Yep, yeah. I agree. I think you Justin give us Justin Patton back. because of his foot injury, but that some of the other pieces would be a little bit more intriguing. But yeah, no, definitely, I think it's something you have to consider. I think uh, that would be that's fair to say that maybe Jimmy Butler would take maybe a slight pay cut. I'd be more concerned if you could get Jimmy Butler to take one of the years off of that max contract. I'd be really excited. You know, if it was a four-year deal and maybe not a five-year deal or something along those lines. I think right, that's I where agree. Yeah, that's that's where I think it gets a little bit nerve-wracking in terms Love of deal. Locking up, yeah, locking up that long-term money. But um, I mean, to the second part of the question, Jack, do you have anything to throw on before I move on? No, I think that they, they stole the words right out of my mouth. And I think that both of those deals and, and everything that Jason and Zach just said is right on the money. And um, it, it'll be one that we'll, we'll see play out. Uh, our Nets are certainly in the running, but you know, there's plenty of other teams who are going to jump up, like I mentioned on the buzz. You know, the Clippers seem to be the number one sort of destination. Does Thibodeau want to trade them to a rival team who will probably be competing for the playoffs? And is he going to make a, a, another team in the same conference better? You know, I'm not sure. So uh, I think we might see a cross-conference trade. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But um, insert eyes emoji, as I like to say in the, in the last book. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, the fact is you could throw in even the Nets could maybe add some second-round picks. We know Sean Marks has got a couple extra ones True, of those. Yep. True. And then, you know, Jason brought up taking less money. Playing in Brooklyn, playing in New York, your endorsement deals, you know, Jimmy Butler is already a very popular player. Playing in the city, your endorsement deals are probably going to times by two. Absolutely. Like, Going from Minnesota to Brooklyn is a big jump. So that's yeah. a big thing to consider. But if the Nets were to acquire Jimmy Butler and, you know, he committed to, you know, long-term commitment with the Nets and re-signing the offseason, do you think it would guarantee they would get another star in uh, this summer? Um, I wouldn't say guarantee, but it's pretty close. I think his allure to say, look, finally, Brooklyn is a star destination for for all-stars to come to. That alone is the biggest thing that I'm taking out of this Jimmy Butler deal is the fact that he wants to come to Brooklyn. No other star has even mentioned it by Dwight Howard however many years ago. And we hear all these talk, all this talk about, you know, they've got good culture, they've got a great GM coaching system, they play well, they treat their guys well, yeah. But it's refreshing to hear that a big-name player wants to come to Brooklyn. And... I think we have to remember out of all of this, that's the biggest takeaway from it all, whether we get him or not, is that free agents and big players and and their agents are seriously considering Brooklyn. And I think after this season, um, with our hopeful improvement, that's only going to go through the roof. I really hope we are able to land a second start. Everyone's saying Kyrie Irving. I wouldn't even mind say. I don't know, Clay Thompson or something along those lines. I think that Jimmy brings 
um, other players here, but I wouldn't call it a guarantee, but it's pretty damn close. What do you think, Jason? Jimmy comes here and commits to the Nets, another star coming along? Yeah, I, I think at least one. Uh, I have a, another slight disagreement with Zach on this. I don't think it's enough that that uh, he wants to come here. I don't think that's enough uh, because there's, for a lot of people, there are a lot of girls that you almost dated. <laughs> You know, the saying the saying is I don't know what the Australian saying is, but almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. You know? I say uh, I, I say as well in horseshoes as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Horseshoes yeah. and hand grenades. Horseshoes and then I think you could probably also count it in darts and archery as well. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. Right. Put them in there. You get close to the bullseye. Nah. That's nah. that's that's not enough for me. I, I think that's that's why I say if if crab is included, yeah. Because you don't know who wants to pair up with who. Like people say, you think back years ago, nobody thought LeBron, Wade, and Bosh were going to pair up together. Nobody thought that. Last year, nobody thought it would be uh, the OKC trio, even though Marshmallow didn't pan out with Paul George. <laughs> And, and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> uh, no, nobody even thought Chris Paul was gonna go that he he would uh, go to Houston. So you don't. We really don't know what the pairings are, and we shouldn't. You know. So if if Jimmy Butler is the lead person, you think about it. Kyrie. It would not surprise me if Kyrie grew up a Nets fan because Kyrie's from Jersey. Rumor he is he was up, a big Nets fan and Jason Kidd fan. Right. So yep. well, there you go. And and you know what? Now, we're not going to get him, but Carl Anthony Towns grew up a Nets fan. So, you know, you don't you don't know who's coming with who. So I think if we if we got Jimmy Butler, I don't think Kyrie is out of the realm of possibility. Although I've, I've his injuries have al- always scared me. I think Kawhi could be a possibility and I would not discount and discredit. And and I may be going out on a limb here. I would not discount and discredit if three of these guys have said, "Listen, if we can get to play together, let's do it." And I'm going to I'm going to tell you who I think the third guy would be if we got Jimmy Butler and Kyrie agreed to come here. I think the third guy who would come, I think Kevin Durant would be the third guy. Yikes! They they just went on vacation together. Yeah, Ky- Kyrie and Kevin Durant were range. just on vacation together. Oh, that gets me excited just thinking about it. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. They were just on vacation <laughs> together in the Bahamas. And this is less than a month ago, a few weeks ago. So yeah, we we don't yeah. know what the pairings could be. But I, I think I think Jimmy Butler would bring at least one or two other guys with him. Yeah, I think we'll be competing with the Knicks for that's the thing. Like, does does the allure of MSG, you know, beat out Barclays and Flatbush? I mean what allure. Oh, <laughs> I mean, as much as I've been, to, I've been to both. I'm not sure. I'm sure Zach has seen a couple of games as well. But um, there's something about the the aura of MSG as an arena. Now, I, I was going for the Houston Rockets, and they did win against the Knicks that game. So I was uh, for that night a, a, a Rockets fan. But I think Barclays <laughs> and what we're building with Sean Marks and Coach Kenny, I think that that probably is the big sell right now. If we're talking about faces of the franchise and MVPs, all this sort of thing, I think our front office and our culture is that number one thing above everything else. 
So we shall see what happens next going forward. But the Nets have put themselves in a, in a very, you know, enviable position, you know, heading into the off-season and even in the off-season right now. You know, it's been a, a year and a half, two years since Sean Marks took over and we're already in the realms of landing these top three agents. Um, bye-bye, Remarkable. Billy King. In Marks, we trust, as they say. Yeah, it, it is remarkable. Just like these things would have seemed like a fairy tale a year ago, and now it's actual possibility to get remarkable, some remarkable, remarkable. Yes, yeah. I was going to say, I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we'll see what happens with the Jimmy Butler trade and whatnot. You know, there's no guarantee he'll go anywhere. In Minnesota trade him. But a fun question to end it all today: Who is the best dressed net? It's got to be Senior Swag Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Dilo literally posted a an, an Instagram post of him the other day. Like he, I think it was a story of him coming in like an an all orange tracksuit. Yeah, that was funny. I, I haven't worn I haven't worn orange since I was allowed, about eleven years old. <laughs> Only Damari Carroll can pull it off, and um, I'm all with it. And I think at summer league as well, he was rocking the Gucci sweatpants as well. Um, I'm all about it, but yeah, I'll be interested to hear what Jason's takes are. I really don't. I really don't know, and I'm going to tell you why I don't know. I don't like. I don't like Damari Carroll's fashion sense at all. <laughs> Man, the guy, the guy wears high waters everywhere, capri pants. Man, My back. I, the man, right? He wears fanny packs. I'm like, come on, man. I can't give you best dressed that I see you wearing capri pants. And, and I, I love Damari, though. As a guy, I love that guy. He's very personable, uh, great family and everything. I'm talking about off the court. I love that guy. Yeah. Best dressed, I don't know, man. Only person I thought about was Coach K, man. I mean, Coach, Coach, <laughs> Coach so Atkinson, nice. man. Hey, he, Coach Atkinson, man. He comes, he comes suited, man. And when he's not suited, he's, he's dressed like a coach in sweats and a, in a, in a, t- in a shirt. Always in a polo <laughs> right? Yep. I, I think Coach Atkinson is the best dressed, even though he's not one of the players. But no, nah, man, I, man, I don't like the way Damari dresses at all. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I'm going. I'm going. Delo. Delo's my boy. Uh, I okay. think I've, I said this on one of the earlier buzzers. I'm all about the sunglasses he wears. Yeah, it was at Fashion Week. I think he won an award for his fashion from like People's Choice or something. Yeah, something yeah, in New yeah. York. Um, and I love, um, I'm all about the diamond studs, you know, he's a stud himself. He, he might as well. He's got the, the, the hat range with new era. Um, D'Angelo Russell is a very handsome man. He makes it work and he's, he's just got everything. He's got that. He's, um, swag junior. If we want to, if we want to give him some, <laughs> some, cra- some crappy little nickname that I came up with on the spot. <laughs> he's like, thanks Jack. No, <laughs> but, uh, enough about best dress before we get out of here, guys, any last thoughts you want to get out there, Jason or Zach? Um, I'm going to say really quickly, um, about the circling quickly back to Jimmy Butler. Do we think that of the three destinations or, or fourth somewhere else that we have the best chances of landing? Bit of a question out for all of you guys. Yeah. Well, Nick, what do you think? Uh, we Jack and actually and I are going to release a show that kind of discusses that. I don't think the Nets have the best chance because I don't think they're super motivated to be like, oh, we're going to go out and make a move. I think the Clippers being one of the teams on the list, 
are a little bit less patient than the Nets, and I think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive. I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets landed him, but I think the Clippers probably are going to be the most aggressive out of three. And I think reports just came out recently that there's going to be a lot of teams that aren't on the list that are going to try to pull a Paul George OKC situation and try to convince him and get him for one year and then try to convince him when he's there. Uh, yeah, I for guess, sure. Fair enough. I, I guess something completely different for me, man. I, I wish every Nets fan that listens to this be a little bit more optimistic man, about the team, man. Goodness, it's it's been bad days, but we're just used to the good. bad days. <laughs> yeah, I, I say that, but for a lot of people, and and Zach is is somewhere in this, and Zach, it's not a knock against you. Uh, a lot of people who are the uh, since day one Brooklyn fans, man. I sat through twelve wins in Jersey, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we, we haven't been this bad in Brooklyn, so you know. It, and if you look at you look at all of the moves that that Sean Marks has made, he's he's taken a bare cupboard and he's actually put some groceries in the refrigerator. He's feeding the family. Right. Now, they may not be, we may not be five-star dining right now, but you look at what we were before, where our most tradable asset was a hurt Brooke Lopez. And and look what he's he's turned these things into. He's turned Kevin Garnett into Thaddeus Young who flipped that into Karis LeVert. I mean, you know, and, and so many other trades that we that I could run down, but be a little bit more optimistic. And and I'm not saying be delusional like like uh, some teams fans are and who always think they team a championship contenders, but be like more Like the other team in New York? Uh, man, listen, those Knicks <laughs> fans... Those X fans are the worst, man. Goodness. <laughs> they think they're going to make the playoffs with Porzingis not playing. <laughs> yeah, I don't get but it. Be, op- be optimistic and support your team, man. Come come to a game. Heck, my children come to me to the game. I say if they don't come, we see each other at a game. Let's get a drink, man. Love it. For sure. Jason, and if we're ever at the same game, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Definitely hit you up. But Zach know, Jason – Big thanks you guys coming on. We'd love to have you on again. Any fans that want to hop on, we're going to try to at least do this maybe not every month, but every other month or something along those lines. You guys were great. You want to tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter if they want to interact? Yeah, uh, ZMurph underscore at Twitter. Um, Zach Murphy tweeting all about the Nets. That's all I do. <laughs> love it. I'm Jay, I'm Jay from BK. Uh, the letter J from the word from BK, Brooklyn, because I'm from Brooklyn. Born and raised, uh, still got a house there, so technically I'm still there. Uh, Jay from BK, and and the funny, another funny thing about Twitter, I get so many Cubs fans who tweet me because they think I'm <laughs> Jason Hayward that plays yeah. for them, and it's funny to me, man, because I keep telling them that I'm not him, but they keep tweeting me Cubs things, and I'm a Mets fan, so you know. Leave but me I'm alone. <laughs> nah, they'll have to leave me alone because I'm going to keep telling them I'm not him. But if you want to tweet me, I'll play along. <laughs> All right. Big thanks to you guys. As always, Jack, a pleasure to talk hoops with you. And like I said earlier in the show, you can check us out on iTunes, Block Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.